Well, uh, for you guys that have never met me, my name is Isaac, uh, and I've been coming to this church since I was 10 years old. Actually, let's just thank the band. You guys can go now. Otherwise, I'll just keep you up here all night. Yeah, so I've been coming to this church since I was 10 years old, uh, but I was radically uh, saved by Jesus when I was 21. It's a story for another day, but I met Jesus in this church at 21 years old and uh, been following him uh, in love ever since. And uh, outside of church, uh, my job or my trade, you would say, is as a uh, sleep and respiratory scientist, which um, sounds super fancy, but basically all I do is get people to blow into a machine and watch them sleep. Uh, which sounds kind of creepy, but it, it does pay well. Um, but, but the reason I bring that up is every day when I get to work, uh, we have to do something with the equipment that we use to test people's lungs, um, and we have to calibrate it. And we use this uh, like cylinder that has uh, three liters of air, and it's been tested to be a specific uh, volume, so that when we come in in, the uh, come in in the morning and we test the machine with this volume, it calibrates it. The reason it does that is because overnight, uh, due to the weather, due to changes in temperature, due to all these other things, it can affect how the machine works. And so we walk in in the morning, we pump some air through the machine so that we know that it's measuring right. And the reason that we do that is because if it's not measuring right, what can happen is someone can come in for a breathing test and we may misdiagnose them. We may say that they have either got more air in their lungs or less or more obstructed or less obstructed, etc. And so it's really important that we calibrate the machine. And when I was thinking about this morning, I'm going to share a scripture with us in a second. We're talking about the renewed mind and the process of transformation. And really what the renewed mind is, it's, it the, it's the mind that's been calibrated to Jesus, calibrated to God's ways. It's the mind that's measuring correctly. It's the mind that knows what's true and what isn't. It's the mind that understands the ways of God. It's the mind that's able to measure rightly. And so I wanted to share this verse with you out of Romans 12:2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. It's only through the renewed mind and the transformation of the renewed mind that you can actually understand what God's will is, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And so it's vitally important for us on this transformation journey of following Jesus that we have our minds renewed. So often you hear people be like, don't go to church, they'll brainwash you. Good. I hope they brainwash me. Honestly, you don't want to know what was up in here for all those years. I often hear Pastor John say, if they put a projector in and everyone could see your thoughts, how would that make you feel? It would scare the poop out of me, especially when I was 21. Not so much now, a little bit more renewed, but we need our minds renewed and we need them recalibrated to the Word of God. Without the renewed mind, we have no idea what the will of God is. And so the pillar that we're talking about this morning, we've been talking about transformation. Last week, we heard about uh, God transforms us by healing our hearts. The week before, or a couple of weeks ago, we talked about what it means to be born again. This week, we're talking about how God renews our minds, the, the process of our minds being renewed and what it means for us. Romans 8, 5 to 8 uh, says this, it says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. When I read this uh, this week, there was kind of two main points that I saw in it. One was that without our minds renewed, we will never experience the life and peace that God has for us. 
The other thing is that when our minds are not renewed, we actually can't live pleasing to God. We, we can't follow his ways. Our minds are genuinely hostile to God. They do things opposite to his ways. But when our mind is renewed, suddenly now we actually know what the will of God is and we can begin to live it out. The more renewed our mind is, the more peaceful lives that we live. And who wants a peaceful life? Come on. It says here, um, actually, before I get to that verse, who here loves their Bible? I'm like, I, the hardest bit of writing a message by a mile is which verses to not include. Uh, you just, I honestly feel like the Bible says it better than I do every time. So I end up just reading too much Bible. But I, um, my wife and I uh, live in an apartment, which is kind of nice, except my wife absolutely loves gardening. And when I was thinking about this message this week, I was like, Lord, what's a picture of what it means to have our minds renewed? What is this process like? And I was running on a treadmill talking to God. I didn't trip over, which was good. Um, and God gave me this picture and it was of a game that my wife loves to play on her phone um, because she absolutely loves gardening. Who here loves gardening? Like I said, we live in an apartment, so she doesn't get her green fingers fixed. And so she plays this uh, game called Gardenscapes. I have no idea if any of you have played this game. No, absolutely none. It's just Sienna. Um, basically, it's a game on your iPhone. I'm going to show you some pictures in a second. But essentially, all it is is it's this gigantic map that you unlock little by little. And you take this desolate, barren place. And through winning these little challenges, you gain rewards so that you can rebuild your gardens. And little by little, you start to unpack these, these parts of these gardens. We'll have the first picture come up uh, in a second. This is what it looks like. I'll get out of the way of the screen. Um, looks really silly. But in the middle, you, that's what it starts with. And then if we can go to the next picture, this is what it ends with. And so you have this game, right, where you go from this decrepit, dark space. And you can take that down now. Little by little, you win these challenges, gain rewards, and you can slowly rebuild your garden. And as I was praying about the message this morning, I just had that picture so clearly in my mind because when we first start to follow God, so often we have these toxic mindsets. We have false beliefs about ourselves. We have false beliefs about other people. We, and they leak out into every part of our life. We have issues with relationships. All of these things that stem from wrong mindsets that we have. And like that decrepit garden, God comes along and little by little, he transforms it into this beautiful, peaceful place. But the beautiful thing about God is that he does it little by little. I didn't show you the uh, image of the entire map, but it's gigantic. And sometimes I feel like if God, because I remember asking him, being like, God, why when we don't give our hearts, do you not just show us everything and deal with it at once? And I feel like in, in all reality, it's because majority of us would quit. If God showed us all the work that he needed to do in our hearts, it would be so overwhelming that I don't think we could do it. And so what he does beautifully is little by little, he brings up one mindset that he wants to deal with, one heart issue that he wants to deal with, and he begins to work through it with you. The other thing in that game that you get is this little uh, garden butler helper kind of guy called Austin, uh, which my wife is always like, look what Austin's saying. And I'm like, I genuinely don't care that much about the game, but... <laughs> but I love her, so I listen. Um, but, but yeah, anyway, you get Austin. And as I'm running on the treadmill, I'm like, why is God showing me Austin? And I'm like, that is just like the Holy Spirit. You have this, this person with you. The Holy Spirit's not some weird, mythical, distant thing. The Holy Spirit is a person. And you know, when you receive salvation, the Holy Spirit 
if, if you're not aware of him, you, can, you, you don't engage with him. But I just want to let you know today that when you gave your life to God, you inherited the best friend that you'll ever have. The Bible calls him the wise counselor. The Bible calls him our, our, our friend. He calls him the one that's close to us. And it's the Holy Spirit that so beautifully at times in our life will bring things to our attention. And he does it because he loves us. Sometimes it hurts to see what's on the inside. But the Holy Spirit is so gentle. And one by one, he brings these things up so that we can be healed from them and we can be set free, which is amazing. Amazing. When I was um, continuing to think about this message today, I was like, okay, God, you transform our minds. It's important that we have our minds renewed and transformed, but how does that happen? And I'm sure there's far more ways than this, but I just want to share a few different ones with you today. And the first one is through life's difficulties. It's not an easy one to say amen to, but it's true. In that little game I was talking about before, in order to renew your garden, you have to do these little challenges so that you get rewards to renew the garden and, and change things. It's the same in our life. God uses life's difficulties in order to show us what's really in our heart, in order to reveal things to us so that he can set us free. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18, so we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. I love how Paul calls this light momentary affliction. This is a guy that received the 40 lashes like multiple times. A guy beaten till he nearly died. In fact, the Bible, it's a little bit hard to know, but there's one point where it basically says that, Peter, that Paul did die and his disciples raised him from the dead. Who wants disciples like that? You die and they just pray for you and you come back. But this is a guy that knows life's difficulties, that knows hardship. And he's saying, hey, for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for something greater. Unfortunately, it's human nature to, when we're comfortable, just want to stay the same. And so God so beautifully allows things in our lives so that we are forced into a position where we want to change. So often the natural points to the supernatural. You think about how a muscle grows. You don't just sit there and just hope that it enlarges. You, you need to stretch it. You need to put it under tension. You need to train it. Gym hurts. And it's the same with trying to grow our faith, trying to grow our mindsets, trying to renew our minds. We need to go through life's difficulties. I love how Jesus puts it in, 13, in Luke 13, 6 to 9. This is Jesus' solution to something that's not bearing fruit. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He came seeking fruit on it and found none. He said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now, I've come seeking fruit from this tree and I find none. Cut it down. Why should, we, why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, sir, let it, alone, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, cut it down. What's God's solution to a mind that's not fruitful and renewed? <laughs> put some manure on it. It's going to use a different word. But so often when our lives aren't fruitful and we're not being changed, suddenly we're like, why is life turning to crap? That's why. God's trying to make us fruitful. And so the best question to ask when stuff hits the fan is not, God, why are you doing this to me? But it's, Jesus, what are you trying to teach me? Jesus, what, what in my heart are you trying to transform? What are you setting me free from? What are you renewing in my life? 
You know what's so beautiful? The, the crappy situations are a whole lot shorter when you do that. Rather than God just heaping on more and more manure till you get the picture, a little bit gets drizzled on. You're like, oh, I know what's coming. And you seek him and, and you begin to change. And you, invo- you avoid a whole lot of manure, <laughs> which we all want. The next one, uh, and this is my favorite, is that God renews our minds by the word of God. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Like I said before, many of the issues that we have in our lives don't actually stem from what other people do. They don't even stem from uh, situations in our life, but a lot of them arise from our thought patterns. Unfortunately, our thought patterns from the moment we're born are beginning to be programmed into us, whether good or bad. And it's not that every thought pattern that we have is wrong, but many of them cause us to have destructive patterns in our lives. Like I said, they can be things that we believe, lies that we believe, thoughts that we have about ourselves, thoughts that we have about other people. But the beautiful thing about when you read the Word of God is that you are, you're seeing truth. And what happens is in that moment where you read something, your mind has an opportunity to say, am I going to believe this or am I going to believe my old thought patterns? And what it does is it exposes what's in our heart and mind. The Bible says that Jesus is the Word of God. It also says that He is light. Our eyes only see by light. Without light, we see nothing. It's the same when we open the Bible, light shines in and suddenly we can see what's in the darkness and you start to see what's in your life. And you have a choice in that moment to say, do I lay down my old thought patterns? Do I surrender them to God? And do I believe truth over myself? My friends, the greatest thing you can ever do is choose and make a a, a decision in your heart to say whether no matter what I read in the Bible, I'm choosing that over my own beliefs. I'm choosing that over my own motives. I'm choosing that over my old thought patterns. My friends, I will take the Bible against myself every time because I know how easy it is for a person to be deceived, including myself. And so when I read truth, I'm like, this is true. No matter what I think, no matter what I believe, no matter what my political view is, no matter what anything is, this is true. And so this is what I'm going to believe. It says in Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That is why we need the word of God. I say it all the time. We are sitting ducks following Jesus if we don't read his word. It is the only way that we know truth. It is the one way that we can actually look and be like, this is how I'm going to know who Jesus is and who he says that I am. That's why it says in Romans 12 too, I read it before. It says that do not be conformed by the, uh, to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern. I said it before that The reason we calibrate the machine is to test that it's measuring right. That is exactly the same. Every single day, I walk into my office, I open my Bible, and I'm like, Lord, I need my heart calibrated today. I need my heart freshly put back to measuring straight. I need to know again what's good and what's not. This is why there was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus, and he said, good teacher. And Jesus says something really weird. He comes to him and he actually says, "Uh, no one's good but God. And you're kind of like, that's a bit of an odd response. He's being called good teacher. Fair enough, it's Jesus. And he says, no one's good but God. Why did he say that? 
because Jesus is addressing what this man believes is good. Do you understand? It says that when Eve took the fruit, she saw that it was good. And so sometimes our perception of what is good can actually be a little bit off. But when Jesus said, hey, no one's good but God, he's addressing what good really is. And that's what happens every morning when you open the word of God. Your heart comes back to what good really is. You, do you understand? Like when you, if, if you don't have that moment to come back, there's things that we will call good that aren't good. There's things that we will think are God's will that aren't God's will. And so we need the Word of God to recalibrate our hearts, to reset us, to renew our minds so that we can understand what God's will is so that we can live it out. This next one, uh, I'm going to spend a little bit of time on, and we're actually all going to pray at the end. And it's that God transforms our minds through many different ways. And one of them is from freedom from demonic spirits. My friends, I, I'm a scientist, so I'm super logical. But there are things that we don't necessarily understand with our carnal and natural minds. The Bible talks so often that what is seen, we heard it in the scripture before, is actually what's eternal. And what, sorry, what is unseen is what is eternal and what is seen is transient. In other words, it's here and then it's not. But the spiritual realm is so much more real than we understand. And so often we don't understand that there are things influencing our lives that aren't us. I have something to tell you here today that you may already know or you may not. Not every thought you have is from yourself. Thoughts can come from our soul, from our, our, our own heart, our own minds. Sometimes we can get thoughts that are actually God speaking to us. Often that's how God can speak to us. But we can also have thoughts that come from the enemy, that come from demonic spirits. These things are so real and you realize how real they are when you get set free from one. Because suddenly you're like, hang on a second, that thought pattern that I had for so long that I thought was me is gone now. I remember my sister-in-law, so beautiful. She gave her heart to God in this church uh, and got supernaturally set free from something that tormented her for so long. And I came home the next day and found her crying on the couch. And she was almost confused and she looked at me and she said, I don't understand. I thought these thoughts were mine. She goes, my mind has never been this quiet. My mind has never been this still, ever. She said, from the moment that I was young until now, I had thoughts telling me to take my life. I had thoughts telling me that I wasn't good enough. I had thoughts lying to me all the time. And I just thought that they were normal. I just thought that they were myself. But now that they're gone, I can see that they weren't even mine. See, it says in Ephesians 6.12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. My wife, Sienna, I'm going to steal her analogy because it's amazing and I, there's no way I could come up with a better one. But she, um, she's beautiful in this area. I actually have never seen anyone, including myself, be more renewed than her and so humble. What I was talking about before when God opposes our thinking and actually says, hey, there's a higher way to think. We have a moment in that, in that we have a choice in that moment to be humble and say, God, I trust you over me. And Sienna just does this so beautifully. If you ever get a chance to talk to her about a testimony, I would encourage you to do so. But she has an analogy about this point, about the renewed mind. As she says that our mind is like uh, a spider web and there's a spider so often there. And there's two parts to the renewed mind. If you just get deliverance from a demonic spirit, in other words, you kick the spider out, but you leave the web there, it's very easy for the spider to come back and find its home. 
Likewise, if you come and you're just trying to tear down the little parts of the web and there's still a spider in there making the web, you're not gonna get any ground. And so it's vitally important that there's two parts to this process. One of them is doing what I've said before, letting your mind be renewed by God, coming into alignment with the word of God, coming into alignment with truth about what he says about you, truth about whatever area you've been struggling in. And the other part is to kick the damn spider out. And honestly, it takes a moment of humility to be like, maybe this isn't me. I've shared my testimony before that for years, till I was 21 years old, I struggled with an addiction to pornography. I struggled with an addiction uh, of lust, tormenting thoughts about how I saw women, all these things. And I, again, I just thought it was me. And I was like, God, why can't I set, get set free? It got to the point where I honestly just gave up trying to resist because I was like, what's the point? I just keep failing. But then in a moment like a service today, Someone shared that, hey, you can be free. And they, they said the same thing I said to you today. They said, not every thought you have is yourself. And so I had a choice in a moment. I was like, all right, God, if this is true, then I, I come to you and I ask you for deliverance. I come to you and I ask you for freedom. And in that moment, I got so radically set free that I had no idea that was even possible. All of a sudden, I realized that I didn't have to go back to the old, those old habits and I could be totally set free. It was phenomenal. And since that day, I've never watched a thing again in my life nor have I even had the desire to. But the other part of that story is that I had to have a season where I would let my mind be renewed. What that meant was that although the overwhelming sense and urge to do those things was gone, and although I now had the ability to live out God's will for my life, I did have to renew my mind. I had to get God's picture and understanding for what sex is. I had to get God's picture and understanding uh, to, to how I engage with women, how I look at them. I had to get God's understanding of how I treat my wife. I had to get God's things. And so the spider got kicked out, but every day I would come in, I would open my Bible and I would just say, Holy Spirit, renew my mind. Holy Spirit, show me what it means to be a husband. Holy Spirit, show me how I should see my wife. Holy Spirit, show me how I should look at women. Holy Spirit, I want to follow you with every area of my life. And for you in here today, it might not be lust. It might be, but it might be how you see yourself. You might have overwhelming thoughts of rejection, thinking you're never good enough, living like you need to please people, never feeling like God loves you. Maybe you're in here today being like, I only come to church just hoping God will accept me. My friend, I want to tell you today, there are lies that the devil plants in our head and you can get rid of them. And I, I really believe that today, many of us are going to get some freedom. So I just want to invite the band up uh, in a second. But what I want us to do in this moment is be really honest with ourselves. I'm going to give you uh, some little hints or ways that, or things that I like to use to discern, Lord, is this just something I need to renew? Or is there something I need to kick out? So often the enemy overplays his hands. If there's a thought that you have that you just can't shake, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you fast, no matter how much you read your word, you just can't shake it. And often they've been there for a long time. Like I said, they can be overwhelming thoughts to take your life. I remember when I was in the, psychi uh, the psychiatry ward as a part of university, it broke my heart to be there, especially that I couldn't pray for people. But I remember talking to this one lady and it shattered me, completely sound of mind, completely straight thinking. And she just says to me, she goes, every day I just have this voice that tells me to take my life. And I'm sitting there, obviously in a position where kind of limited in what I can do as a medical student. And I'm like, that, that's a demonic spirit. 
It's not normal for us to go through life with a voice telling us to take our own life. My friend, if that's you today, you don't have to live with that. You don't. You don't have to live with voices telling you to be a certain way so that people will accept you. God loves you for how you are. God adores you. Says that God, when, he, when you were in your mother's womb, formed you, knit you. Do you understand for nine months, God's sitting in heaven like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. They're going to be born soon and I'm going to get to know them. I'm going to get to watch them grow up. I'm going to get to have a relationship with them. That's the truth about how much God loves you. And so I just want us to all stand to our feet for a moment. Let's just close our eyes. I just want to do something. I just want you to be super bold this morning. I, I came in today being like, Jesus, I don't want to leave the same way that I came in. And I hope that was your prayer as well. In a moment, we're going to have the worship team play and we're going to have our ministry team come down the front. And if you are someone in this place and you're like, there is something in my mind that I have not been able to shift, whether it is thoughts of uh, suicide, thoughts to take your own life, maybe it's uh, just thoughts of lust that you have not been able to shake, thoughts of low self-worth, whatever it is, my friends, don't leave the same today. Leave different today. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit and He's here to set some people free. And so I just want to just encourage you, if that's you right now, we're going to play a song and as we do, I just want to invite you down the front and we're going to have a leader just come and pray with you. We're going to just spend a little bit of time just doing this. If that's not you, I just want you to keep your eyes closed and just worship Jesus and just love Him. And I really believe that many of us are going to have encounters in this place today. And so worship team, can you just lead us in worship? If that's you, just come down the front and we're going to pray with you this morning.